I think that a lot of people do know some Aboriginal people that just don't realise it. You look at my mum, she's English. You look at my dad, he's Aboriginal. And look at me, I'm a bit in between. <laughs> I haven't got the flat nose anymore. I sometimes wish I did. You know, just because I'm Aboriginal doesn't mean I have a flag tattooed to my forehead. Like most of them call me Aunty Lynn, and I'm happy to be their auntie, even though that I'm not. Because I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. Meet the Mob, a podcast from 1233 ABC Newcastle with Jill Emerson. Subscribe at abc.net.au slash Newcastle. In Meet the Mob today, I'm meeting the new Chief Executive Officer at a Wobbacal, Raylene Gordon. Raylene, thanks for having me at your place here in Newcastle West. Thank you. I didn't know that you were here in Newcastle West. We've been here for 12 months or so. It's a kind of standard-looking office, Uh, you know, all the petitions, a lot of Aboriginal paintings around. How many people do you employ here? So we employ up to 100 people, around 96, I think, is the last head count. That's a lot of people to be chief executive of. How does that feel? Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. Is this a job that you chased or did it chase you? Bit of both. So I was the manager of the medical service for 12 months prior to this position. So you went for it? I did, Yes, I did. Yep. Why? Oh, I think a Wobbicle's really well placed to um, deliver holistic care and there's not too many organisations that can actually do that, so I wanted to be part of that. I think a Wobbicle's got lots of potential and that's why I'm here. Do you like being a chief executive? Time will tell. <laughs> Someone told me you can't be you can't make change from the back seat, so I thought I need to get in the front seat, so here I am. Do you have anybody who guides you or supports you to take on a big role like this? I've got a good network of CEOs in other Aboriginal medical services, so I draw on them often, very often. Being chief executive means you have to hire and fire. Are you afraid of that? It's it's never a nice thing to do. I mean, that's people's lives, but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's about what's best for the organisation, so... I've done a bit of that in my time. I once heard the banker Gail Kelly say that you can't underdo employment, like getting the right people in jobs really matters. Do you agree with that? Yeah, one thing that we're really big on here at Awabikul is organisational fit. Um, And so that means we like to look at value-based recruitment. So if your values don't fit with where the organisation's going, then you're probably not the right person. So, yeah, I totally agree. What are the main values of Awabakal? Our vision is, and I'll quote straight from our strategic plan, is to advance... Like a true chief executive. That's it. It's to advance the wellbeing of the community and it's about, you know, empowering communities and and people. So you have to be passionate, you have to be innovative and you have to want to work with community to be part of this organisation. I saw that word innovative on the press release announcing you getting this job and I thought, oh, why is being innovative so key i'll take close the gap the the big campaign around closing the gap we've had limited progress to date on that my take on that is if you always do things the way you do them you'll always get what you got so if we're making limited progress we need to do things differently and in this organization we've got a lot of people who've got lots of lived experience around circumstances that have contributed to why there's a gap so they've They've lived the experience, but they also know what the um, what the answers are, what the solutions are. So 
I see my job as bringing that out and making that happen. And, and that is innovation, I think. And what does that mean on a practical level in terms of how you draw those ideas out of people, out of your staff of 100? Is that water cooler conversations? Is that formal structured gatherings? How do you actually do that in a practical way in a big organisation like this? You do that by putting the right people in the leadership position. So we're at the moment looking at our organisational structure and looking at who's best placed in the organisation to lead our teams. And we're big on having Aboriginal people in those positions and letting Aboriginal people make the decisions around what's going to work for their their programs and their services. And I think that's the key. What if they don't have the skill set? We work with them until they do. This is known as Awabakal Limited now. It used to be known as the Awabakal Co-op. It's got a long history, back to the 70s, of providing health, education, disability services for Aboriginal people in the Newcastle area. How is it different to the Land Council and the other Awabakal organisations? There seem to be quite a few. Well, we've all got different scopes of practice. So we're same in that we're community controlled but our service delivery is different. So we don't deal in land or heritage. That's the Land Council's business. And there's a number of other Aboriginal organisations that are specialists in their field. We're specialists in what we do, and that's health, daycare, preschool, community services, disabilities, and that's what we do. How is Awabakal Limited funded? So we've got a lot of different funding streams. Our vision is to be less reliant on government funding, but um, that means we have to develop the commercial side of what we do. And so the board has the strategic plan to get us in a position where we can do what we want to do and not be told by government what we have to do. Yeah, there's a long-term goal around being more sustainable. It sounds like a great idea. Do you think it's doable? Yeah, I do. Raylene Gordon, who's the new Chief Executive of Awabakal Limited in Newcastle. Raylene, where did you grow up? Maury. I'm a Maury girl. Been in Newcastle 15 years, but, yeah, my mum and family are still in Maury, so I still visit regularly out that way. What brought you to Newcastle? I had my son and I wanted him to go to school in Newcastle. I'd been to uni in Newcastle, liked Newcastle, moved here and haven't left. What did you do at uni? PE teaching, so I'm a high school teacher, phys ed. You look pretty fit. Did you teach a long time? I taught for 10 years, yeah. So I taught at Musselbrook, then went home to teach and then thought, I need a change, so I came down here with a project officer job. Why choose an Aboriginal organisation to work in? I wouldn't think to work anywhere else. (laughs) That's just in me, that's what I do. Yeah, that's my mob, yeah. Growing up in that community, how important was that to you? Yeah, it's really important. You know, I could have chose another career, but I'm not passionate about it. I've had a great experience being Aboriginal and growing up Aboriginal and I'd like everyone Aboriginal to have the same experience. You said you grew up in Moree. There's a lot of Aboriginal people from Moree here in Newcastle. Is Moree a good place to escape from? There's more opportunities work-wise. You know, if you've got kids, you want more opportunities, education. Newcastle's a good place to... It's a real family-orientated place and, um, yeah, there's a lot... I'm glad there's a lot of Moree people here. (laughs) I'm happy about that. <laughs> means you don't have to go all the way back yeah. to Moree to catch up with That's friends right. and family. They're all here. Yeah, That's good. Does Moree sort of match up to the image that it has as a tough place to be? It is a tough place, yeah. Moree, for me, when I grew up there was... I had a really good upbringing. It was a great experience to be around. It's um, like most communities, drugs, 
you know, all the things that happen in small towns, no no work, it's um, got its challenges. But, look, everyone I grew up with still lives there, so there's something good about Moray. That's so interesting, a town with a reputation and a town that everyone I meet says, yeah, it's tough, but you still love it. Oh, it's made me the person I am. I've, yeah, I've had some rough times in Moray and I've had some really good times in Moray, but that's what makes you who you are, and I think I wouldn't have had it any other way. Can you tell me a bit about your family? So my mum and dad are still in Moray, not together, but they're, they're still there. Uh, my mum's sisters are all still there. My dad's family's spread out. They're in Tamworth, in Moray, some in Sydney. So his family's a bit more spread out, but the connection is always back, back to Moray. Everyone seems to end up back there. So, yeah, we still... My girls are on the train out there today. Love it. How old are your girls? 16. Every school holiday is still back there. Can't drag them out. <laughs> From Newcastle, they go inland to Moray. They do. They really like it? Yeah, they love it. 16. Both of them 16? Twins? Twins, yep. Twin girls, yep. You mentioned also a son. How's he going? Yeah, he's good. He doesn't have the same urge to get back to Moray, but he certainly knows where he's from, who he's about, what the connection is there. So he grew up here. Not like the girls, all their age groups still out there. The whole family goes back there, so they're they're itching to get back to Moray on that train. <laughs> and you're totally fine with that? <laughs> yeah, that's all good, yeah. yeah. What I don't know won't hurt me. Raylene, you said you trained as a PE teacher. Mm. Do you still keep fit? I do, yeah. I do a bit of... I go to the gym a couple of times a week, more for the social side of it, do a few weights here and there. But, yeah, I think exercise has been such a big part of my life and if I didn't have that, I'd go wonky, I think. So, yeah, I'd do it more for the stress than the than the image, yeah. Does it really work? It does really work. The fitness bit or the social side? Both. <laughs> you need to have both, I think. I like to lead by example and I like to walk the walk. So if I'm talking to people about being healthy and doing what they need to do I like to practice what I preach type thing. What about the social side of Raylene Gordon? You are a mother of three what do you manage to squeeze in? I've got some good friends here in Newcastle some good girlfriends yeah. What kind of thing do you do movies dancing blah? We eat (laughs) yeah I love food so yeah like going out for dinner and kicking back. What does a wabakal mean to you Raylene? It means community it means I think a wabical, it has a history, and a wabical was developed by a lot of key people in this community. I feel very privileged, actually, because a lot of those people are still in the community today. They fought hard for what we've got in this organisation, and we've got a different fight on our hands today, but I think it's all our responsibility to respect what the older people have done for us and... Um, continue the fight and provide the services that they fought hard for. You use the word fight. Do you think it's still a fight to be a chief executive of an Aboriginal organisation in the 21st century in urban Newcastle? Yeah, I think it is. Yep. I talk about racism a lot. I talk about inequity, all that stuff. You, You can be in a flash building in the middle of Newcastle, but that fight's real out on the, out on the streets. Has it touched you? It has, yep. Yeah, my um, daughter was um, a victim of racism just last week. She was called a dirty abbo and thrown food at her because she had an Aboriginal flag on her shirt when she got off the bus from school. And I thought, in this day and age, in a semi-city type environment, you think multiculturalism, all, it's ugly. 
racism's huge and that's part of what we what we fight every day that's part of the why we've got the gap we've got and is that why you use the word fight still yeah I do yeah how did your daughter respond it was a big group of boys so she she just walked away and and that's part of what we do as aboriginal people is teaching our kids to to deal with that sometimes on a daily basis so i just said to her you know you did the right thing by walking away that you pick and choose your fights and that was one not to pick big group of boys against one girl you know what are you to do you've just taken up the job as the chief executive of a wabakal fast forward five years what would you like to have achieved I'd like to expand on our outreach services so that we've got, you know, a comprehensive service, not just in Hamilton, but at Karua, at Toronto, at Maitland. So to expand what we do really well in Hamilton to other parts of Newcastle. Um, so we're t- actually taking services to the people and it's not just a limited service, it's a comprehensive, coordinated service. And a little bit less dependence on government funding. That'd be nice, yeah. I can see that happening because um, I think it's what most Aboriginal organisations are struggling with at the moment. You, you're getting less to do more. Um, so we, we have to pull together and sort of look at ways at how we do our business smarter. Good luck with it. Thank you. You've been listening to a 1233 ABC Newcastle podcast. For more, visit our website at abc.net.au slash newcastle.